This weekend retreat, Unbound, Breaking Free from Spiritual Wounds, was given by Father William Hollebeck, January 31st to February 2nd, 2020, at Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House. These and other recordings are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. The recording begins with an introduction by Matt Simmons explaining the Unbound Prayer Sessions. The talk by Father Hollebeck will follow. Good evening, everybody. Glad you can make it. I was surprised to hear how many people are from out of town. Like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. So thank you for coming. Thank you for making the trip here. Um, my name is Matt Simmons. I'm the director of Unbound for the Diocese and the Office of Evangelization. And uh, so i got a few things to talk about. Father's leading the retreat, clearly. He's doing all the talks and everything there. And then our Unbound team, Annette, my secretary, and I are leading all the prayer stuff, all the prayer teams. And so a couple things just overall before I get into the specifics about prayer. Don't worry about your prayer time too much, right? The one thing that the evil one wants to do is get you all freaked out and worked up and everything else. All that is is garbage chewing at you. That's all it is, right? St. Ignatius is really clear that for those of us who are moving from good to good to good, who are actively seeking towards God, the evil one is desolating. So negative thoughts, feelings, desires, and those kind of things. You may have already experienced some of that um, before coming here already, right? So if you experience some of that, bring it to Jesus. Let him have it. When you receive the Eucharist, I would ask him to heal it. I'd ask him to still those things and give you the peace and the ability to focus on what lies ahead here, right? So the other thing that I would say is what you want to listen for in all of this is the thread of what God is saying to you in this. You're going to get a lot of information over the next 48 hours or 36 hours or whatever it is. Don't make the mistake of thinking you need to know all that info. There's going to be things that Father says that will touch your heart, that will stick with you, that will stay with you. And when you have time for silence, I would, I would note those things. If you have one of those guidebooks, they're really good because it's got the outline there and then a column that's blank that you can make notes in. If you use one of those, I'd make a note, what is hitting me here, and just drop that down. And when you take your prayer time to be quiet, maybe look at that a little bit. Jesus, what are you saying to me here? Right. And so the, the requirement from our end when we're getting prayed with is that we be open, right? That we be open as we can, right? The thing that will influence how your prayer goes is vulnerability and openness, right? If we're sitting there like that, shut down. I had one person come once. They were a therapist actually, which was really disturbing. And... <laughs> They got prayed with, and I'm like, so how's your day going? I don't know. Okay, well, what brings you here? What would you like Jesus to do for you? I don't know. I'm not real happy. Okay. Well, can you tell me when you started not being happy? I don't know. When I was a teenager? Like, that kind of thing is clearly, like, I'm not really interested in being here. I'm not open to anything that God may have for me, right? Um. So just try to be open, ask for the grace to be open um, when you get prayed with, right? And then when you do come to get prayed with, we have a limited time because there's so many people. We have an hour, 
And that's all we have, right, is an hour. So what that does not mean is that, that at 57 minutes, if you're knee-deep in something, that we're just going to be like, oh, sorry, clip, got to go, right? But on the other hand, we're not going to be able to maybe deal with everything that may come up. So when you think about why you're here and over the course of the next 24 hours, um, think about what's the big thing that you want God to do for you. What's the big thing that you want to be free from? Is it fear? Is it depression? Is it sadness? Is it this nagging feeling or thought that you have all the time? Is it a specific sin? Like, what's the thing that brought you here? What you want to be free of? And so maybe think about that and bring that, right? And then start there. And then we can go with that and kind of see where it goes from there. So those are the things that I would give you ahead of time here. Um, so prayer, t- prayer sign up. A couple things on that. All sessions are totally confidential. There's nothing will leave the room. Um, whoever is, all the people on the prayer team have been prayed with before, at least once. So they know what this is like. They know it's a little awkward. They know it's a little uncomfortable, maybe. Um, and so you can rest assured that everybody in the room has been through this already, and they understand, and it's confidential. You'll have one leader and one or maybe two intercessors in the room with you. And so the conversation will be primarily between you and the leader. The intercessor is there to pray for the the leader. The intercessor or intercessors are there to pray for the leader and for you, the one getting prayed with. There's a number of people praying for you. We have our whole prayer team praying for you. Father will be praying for you. And then we also have a prayer auxiliary who will be praying for you as well. Many, many people Um, who want to see you find Jesus in a new way this weekend. So thank you very much for coming, and uh, our prayers are with you. And thank you, Matt, for all the work you do with Unbound here also, and Annette. Just take this chance to formally welcome all of you. And so many of you have come from, from across the country, across the different states, and across the state of Nebraska also. So thank you for your travels, and thank you for your effort to come. Um, know that you're not here by mistake. You know, you're here um, because God has sent you an invitation. Um, he has called, the Holy Spirit has touched your heart in some way um, and has invited you, and you've said yes. You've said yes, you know. That is awesome. You know, that is awesome. Um, you know, we talk about the, uh, the parable, the different kinds of, 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 of uh, uh, seed that Jesus sprouts from the parable at the, the, the path and things like that. And well, by accepting that, that invitation of our Lord um, through, the, through his Holy Spirit, you've, you've opened the soil of your hearts to receive something more. Um, and that's what your heart should, in a sense, yearn for, is something more, Lord. I want more. I want more of your freedom. I want more of your love. I want more of your goodness. And that reality is something that he wants to give you. He wants to give you. And he loves to. He loves to. You know, we, we begin this talk. And first, got to make an announcement. This is basically a conference talk, so it's not short. The homilies are all going to be long, okay? They're all going to be conference talks, okay? In order to get them all done, we have to put, two of them in the, in, we have to put them in the homilies, too, okay? And so to make it all work out. And so that's, uh, I just, I'll be up front. Um, and, and they're going to be, if you listen to the, the DVDs, for example, you know, they're all about, they're all pretty long. And so mine are too. Now, I, I will admit that I, I talk fast, but that still doesn't help very much. <laughs> um, I wish I had, the, our, 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 our reader had a great job, a great paced voice. I go, wow, I wish I could, <laughs> wish I could read like that. 
Um, but that was a great gift. You know, um, I don't have that. I talk fast. I apologize right now. But um, um, wave your hand if I'm going too fast, and I'll try and slow down. Or send me a red sign or something. Um, but I'll do the best I can. We began then um, with just a touch base with um, you know, where, where we are. You know, this first talk is called Deliverance is a Good Word. Um, and uh, we, we have that great gift of, of, of coming here. But I'm also going to say something else. In the sense is, I mean, you may say, why me? Who am I? My name is Father Beholobek. Um, I'm just a parish priest. I'm not an expert in Dunbound. You know? um, I have, I'm here because of uh, a lot of events, so to say, that happened in my life. Um, and more and more I'm finding how much um, there is you know, in all our lives. You know, um, basically what happened to me was, was in 2014, um, and it kind of, a, I would say, I was told uh, by, a, by a, a, a priest who knows these things, a pretty naive uh, thing that happened. It was an attempt to help someone who came to me for help, but was deeply involved in demonic witchcraft. Now, what I found out a number of years later is that it wasn't just happenstance that this is something they do. They go after to destroy people, destroy priests. found that out later because of all the curses and the spells that I got attacked by. Um, and so it ended up being a recipient of a number of these, of these things. And it was, a, it was a destabilizing period in my life. And by God's grace, I heard on the radio um, about Unbound Conference in, in Omaha. I go, I'm going. It's in two days, but I'm supposed to go. So I called up and said, sure, come on over. And so I went, and I met Neil at that time, and I, first, my first time exposure. I bought everything they had. Every CD set, every book they had, everything. And I came home and I started looking at it and looking at it. You know, and, and I'll tell you more stories about the things that I've experienced and how what effect it had on my life. Um, which was really, um, I would say, it was the Holy Spirit kind of dragging me into this. Um, and, and, and it was uh, somebody who basically, uh, one of the ladies on the team, kept calling me and calling me and saying, Are you gonna, can you come help us? You're the only priest there. We've been praying for this for four years in our diocese, getting our diocese. You know, can you come help us start this? I'm going, no, no, no. Finally, I said yes. And uh, so we started, we started get, we had a team together. We started going through this DVD series. Um, and then we went to, um, I did a first retreat in 2015. So this would be my fifth or sixth retreat, something like that anyway. So, um, and doing it on, in, in this year, in time anyway. And so that's where we, that's where we began. Um, I guess in my struggle for freedom and healing, God induced me to, to unbound, uh, as I says at the conference. Um, but my story and my path is not yours, okay? Um, and that's okay. You have your own story. You have your own path. And, but God still wants to meet you where you are. And he still wants to enter into your life. And he wants to help you. He, he loves you. He loves you. And we've all got different stuff. You know, all of us have original sin. Nobody here, if you don't, then, well, we'll make room for you up here somewhere, okay? Um, but we've all got original sin. We've all been hurt. We've all had things happen to us. We've all had disappointments. We've got in-laws. We've got outlaws. We've got all that stuff, you know? We, we've got all those things in our, in our lives. And that's part of our lives. But it's okay because God allows that because he wants to meet us there where we've been hurt. You know, that, maybe that's why God allows sin in the world. Because he knows we're going to need him. We're going to need him. And so he's allowed the brokenness because those broken points of our life become doorways by which he wants to meet us. And that's part of how Unbound can touch our hearts. And so um, I might be walking a few steps ahead of you and sometimes maybe a step behind you. 
it's kind of like being on a tour bus. You know, on a tour bus, you've got the tour, the, uh, some, the, some tour guide or somebody up front, and they're out there and they're telling you, kind of pointing to things outside. Look over here, such and such, and over here, such and such. And all they do is they can, they're kind of getting, helping you find out a little bit what's going on, where you are, so that you can get off and go explore it yourself. And that's kind of my job. I'm going to try and point out things a little more than what you've perhaps thought about, so that you can jump off, like as Matt said, and, and go into those places where the Holy Spirit's touching your heart and raising things up in your heart. You know, um, that's where we kind of are. You may say, what is deliverance? Well, deliverance is Catholics, okay? Catholics, we, uh, we kind of like, what is that? Okay, our mind immediately goes to exorcism on all the scary movies and all the weird stuff that happens, okay? Um, and that's kind of an unfortunate reality, so I'm just going to touch it right up front. Um, as Catholics, we kinda get, we kinda, we're kind of stuck in that, those thoughts, um, and movies have kind of distorted it. And it's kind of given a bad name to deliverance. Um, but, you know, a deliverance is actually a, a good word. That's what the whole talk is about. You know, the reality of, if you think it's just something very simple and kind of, maybe kind of corny, you know, um, deliver, okay, um, you probably all had a bunch of FedEx and UPS deliveries at Christmas, right? Great stuff. <laughs> deliverance can bring, deliver, deliver, great things can be delivered. And we bring, so, so deliverance can be give, bringing something good to us. And then maybe we, I, I ordered a, a poster of a, of a print I've always admired for many, many, many years. And I got it, and it's just, it's like pixels are about that big. <laughs> I'm going, so I need, to, I need to get delivered to that, have it delivered back to them, okay? You know, so deliverance uh, is the idea, also, is, just, is, is moving, is moving to another place, is moving to something good, you know, uh, and there's something good coming to us. You know, so deliverance is taking hold, really, the full freedom of God has given you in his kingdom, Neil Lozano shares a story of a great example of how God restored a Rwandan woman with the enemy, uh, from, from what the enemy had stolen from her. After Rwanda massacres a number of years ago, um, she was hidden in the forest for, for, a number, for a long time, and she, re- she returned still in fear, um, and, and all her family had been killed, um, and she'd also experienced much abuse. Um, she, she was in college, and she would use a broken piece of glass, a, a mirror, to see only part of her face. And so she'd carry around a little sliver of glass, and that's how she would look at herself. And she didn't, because she, she she renounced, and she had this belief that she was ugly, and so she never wanted to see herself a full image in the mirror. You know, um, she avoided the mirror at school, and but now stood now was after experiencing uh, unbound, she stood in front of the mirror, and she exclaimed, "Wow, I'm beautiful!" First time she looked in a mirror. And she was able to see herself for who she really is. Deliverance is the freedom to see ourselves as God sees us in the beauty of who we truly are. God sees what's really inside. Life sometimes mars that image, and we don't get to see it very well. Deliverance is being set free from bondage of believing a lie to see ourselves as God really sees us free. Deliverance is, is that good word, really. It's, you know, the trials of life kind of show us our hearts. They kind of reflect our hearts to us. You know, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's the struggles you had to get here. Um, you know, all kinds of things happen to us. Um, so we think about God and, and his goodness and his desire to save and heal us. You know, he, he, call, he draws us through all these things to himself so that he can minister to us. Deliverance is moving into a new kingdom. You know, um, the idea of baptism. We move from the kingdom of, of the enemy to the kingdom of God. You know, deliverance is moving out of something and into something. So out of the enemy's kingdom into God's kingdom. Moving from a place of believing a lie and seeing, to seeing yourself as God really sees you. Moving from a, to a better place. Moving to a safer place. Really, that's deliverance. Moving to a better place. 
moving to a safer place that God wants us to have. And not seeing ourselves in the lies, the words that hold us in bondage. Deliverance is a great theme in sacred scripture. It's woven in there very profoundly. You know, the, the Israelites were slaves, yet they understood while they were slaves in Egypt that, they were, that their identity was as God's children, as God's people. You know, God delivers his people from slavery in Egypt to freedom. He delivers them. God did. He's the one who talked to Moses. He sent Moses. He did the t- plagues, and he took them out with his hand. And that was known around the world. People would talk about that. You know, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 8 to 10, says, And on that day you will explain to your son, This is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. It will be like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead, so that the teaching of the Lord will be on your lips. With a strong hand, the Lord brought you out of Egypt. You will keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. This was the personal history of Jesus as a Jew. This was his story. This was his story as a Jewish person. He, we are delivered from darkness to light. The Old Testament has great awareness of the reality of darkness. Isaiah 60, chapter 60, verse 2 says, Though darkness covers the earth and a thick clouds the peoples, yet upon you the Lord will dawn, and over you his glory will be seen. Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom. That's really where we're moving um, you know, he was cast down at the beginning of, the, of, of creation, you know, as he rebelled against God. And this was his kingdom. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and, be, and believe. You know, that was his first homily in Mark's gospel. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, and so he brings the kingdom of God. And he calls us to step out of the ways that we've been caught in this world. You know, we know that we belong to God. And the whole world is under the power of the evil one. I think very beautifully and powerfully is... When God speaks to um, uh, St. Paul after knocking him off the horse, literally. And he has a beautiful, uh, powerful, powerful word that he says to him. So this is in chapter uh, 26 of Acts of the Apostles. And it's verse uh, 16 through 18. I'm just going to read verse 18. Um, Actually, I'll start with 16. But rise and stand upon your feet, Jesus talking to Paul. For I have appeared to you in this pur- for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and to bear witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you. Chapter, verse 17. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I send you. Verse 18. To open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You know, Jesus tells St. Paul, he sent them to deliver them from darkness to light. You know, and that's what he wants for all of us. That's what he sends us. He's invited you here for and invited you to encounter the, the, the book Unbound. He gives us true freedom, you know, bondage to freedom, so to say. You know, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, Whoever sins belongs to the devil because the devil has sinned from the beginning. Indeed, the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. In John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus says, A slave does not remain in a household forever, but a son always remains. So if the son frees you, then you will truly be free. You will truly be free. A more complete understanding of deliverance involves kind of knowing what deliverance is not. Okay, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning. I'll come back to it. 
um, we often get mixed up as Catholics thinking this is exorcism stuff, and it's not. Exorcism is a rite of the Catholic Church given by a priest who, with the authorization of the bishop, it is the prayers and blessings that make it more painful for the demon to stay than to remain. You know, it, it, is, um, it is what's called technically, it's, it's a public rite. It's a public thing that only the bishop can give the authority to a priest to do. Now, this is something that's private. It's a difference between public and private. Private is something that we do with ourselves, you know. Um, I, myself, you have control of the power of your own soul, okay? You are the master of your soul. Um, you are the one who has the power of your soul and what's happening to you. So you can say, if somebody's uh, being mean to you, be quiet. Or if somebody's hurting you, stop, you know. You can do, you, we, have, we all have that. We can do that. But we can do it spiritually also. We have a spiritual authority of our own soul. Um, and even those under us, like children, for example, um, as parents over children, there's a hierarchical authority that God has set in all creation. And that's a powerful thing. There's a very big difference between exorcism and, not, and, exorcism and non-confrontational deliverance. This is what we call unbound, non-confrontational. So it's nothing about talking to a demon or anything. It's simply about saying this general category of, of, of spirits that are bothering us because they've gotten into our life, maybe we let them in because of our own weaknesses, our own wounds, we're saying, no, I don't want you anymore. I don't want you anymore. You know, uh, a, a silly little example might be, remember the old cartoons, okay? Um, used to have people getting pulled, things happening. Well, imagine a little child in a cartoon. He hates to go to the dentist. Well, maybe that was me. Um, and would kick and scream and, and violently hold on to anything not to be taken out of the house, well, the door, the railing, the chair, you can almost imagine a little cartoon scene like this, um, until you have to pry their little hands off of whatever they were holding on to, forcefully taking them to the dentist. Now, the other option would be giving the same petulant child to simply remove whatever might try to, he might try to cling to so as not longer have anything in his hands. Take the door off. Take the handling off. There's nothing to hold on to. And you have to walk right out the house. That's kind of what a non-confrontational deliverance is. You take away what they're holy, what they're holy onto. They can't hold onto it. They have to walk. They leave. You know, and so that's uh, maybe just a, a side little. We'll learn more about this and go through it. But it's it's a way of just kind of seeing that it's different. Someone fighting to be to be taken out versus someone who can't hold on to anything anymore. Um, that's kind of the big picture. Deliverance is the transfer from one kingdom to another. Uh, it includes freedom from the influence of the enemy spirits, of the, of the of evil spirits. Evil spirits behind our negative emotions, passions, because, but because of our weakness, we let some of these spirits kind of leak into our lives because of our wounds and because of a, maybe a tear that's happened in our life because of something that's hurt us. Um, for example, a hurt or a wound that can make us angry. Anger has two types. There's righteous anger to move us to make bad things good. There's an unrighteous anger which wants to hurt someone who hurt us, to justify ourselves in some way. Now, there's a number of emotions can be kind of connected and grow along, along anger. It can be, or the hurt that caused anger, or that anger came from. Bitterness, resentment, revenge, hatred, condemnation, self-pity, and fear of any, any one of these things. They're like layers of bricks in a building, and they build what's called a stronghold around our heart. All these different things, because of this wound, and the anger, and all these other different things are all like bricks that start to build up around us until we're like walled in. Deliverance does not focus on the devil or the works, works the devil, um, but if you look in a broader context, it's the idea of moving us to a safer place. 
you know, often we need to unlearn old practices, which kind of focus on the dramatics that create fear, you know, exorcism movies, things like that. Jesus helps us to learn how to listen. Deliverance should be seen really in the context of evangelization, proclamation of the kingdom of Christ, you know, to encounter Christ in the pain and the brokenness and the struggles of our own life is to find Jesus there. You know, we, like to, we know we can find him in the, in the crib. We know we can find him in the tabernacle. But to meet him in the midst of our pain, that's kind of odd. We've probably never heard that before. But yet that's kind of what Jesus is saying. I want to meet you where you need me. In the midst of your pain and wounds. What's hurt you. What you're afraid of. That's where he wants to meet us. Which is really awesome. You know, that God wants to come out to us there. In our darkness. And he wants to meet us there. And to help us there. It's a non-confrontational approach. Deliverance is not about the devil. It's about the person taking responsibility for our own lives. And the freedom that Christ wants to give each of us. Deliverance is no more about Satan than Exodus was about Pharaoh. Not about him. It's about getting, getting out to a, to a good place. It's about taking responsibility. We often let spirits kind of push our buttons. Not realizing they're being pushed. And we let them inside our hearts to push them whatever they want. You know, for example, we may have, we have um, uh, atta- some kind of attachment to something that's not right. Well, that gives that same kind of spirit says, hey, I can push that button in your heart. And we think it's us, but it's actually them kind of aggravating us. And so that's kind of what happens sometimes. We don't realize it. You know, I'm going to give a couple examples, kind of main, explain this, this uh, in my own, own funny little way, perhaps, unbound what this is all about. You know, one, you can imagine your heart like a big table and with many chairs around it. And... If you remember playing the game musical chairs, you know, you can take the chairs away. Well, say around our heart, because of the hurts and things that happened in our life and how we responded to them, uh, we've got some people sitting around our, the heart, our heart table, so to say, that are probably shouldn't be there. Maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's anger, maybe it's resentment, maybe it's self-condemnation, whatever it is. You know, but remember the game playing um, um, musical chairs. Well, musical chairs, you know, you play the music and then you pull a chair out. And that person, no place to stand. So they kind of like look kind of goofy for a while and they walk to the back of the room. You know, um, so you keep on doing that. Well, unbound, forgiveness is really pulling out the chair. And that spirit has no place to sit anymore, have no right to be there. So then you, you renounce, you say, you know what, they, they, and they have to leave. That's renouncing, saying, I don't want you around anymore. I'm done with you. And the command says, leave the room. I don't want you in my life. Another way of looking at it, maybe the simpler way too, um, is, uh, you know, when we were all kids, maybe riding your bike and you wipe out, and you get gravel and dirt stuck in your pan. You scratch it, and you got to be cut in your hand or something or on your arm. And what do you take it to mom? What does mom do? Well, mom basically washes it out, takes the dirt out, takes, the, takes the, the, uh, the stones out, whatever it is, cleans it up. Well, each one of us have had wounds in our life upon our soul. And our soul is a million times more sensitive than our skin and our body. But it's very similar. And so what is the dirt stuck in our wound of our soul of that situation? The way we take that dirt and those stones out is by forgiving the person who caused the wound. It cleans the wound out. Well, what's mom do after that? After that, basically, you, have, you clean the wound out. You should put something on it. Like back in the old days, back on the farm, it was like iodine. And it burned like Hades. Okay? But now we've got this wonderful thing called Neosporin. <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> So you put that on there. Why do you put that on there? It's to kill the bacteria so that the bacteria don't infect the wound and keep the wound from healing. I like to say our, our spiritual wounds have spiritual bacteria. We clean the wound out with forgiveness, and we say, well, I'm still bothered by that situation. Well, how come? Well, it's got some bacteria in it. It's not healing. 
Even though we took the skunk out of it, it's not healing. What does that mean? Well, it means that there's spiritual bacteria, things like bitterness and anger and resentment and condemnation are still trying to, in the wound, keeping it from healing, Although, even though we may have forgiven. And that's what unbound does. And renouncing says, okay, I've forgiven. These things have no right to be there. Now I'm going to apply the, the Holy Spirit antibiotic of wiping them and saying, I don't want them anymore. And getting rid of them. You know, so that the wound can fully heal now. Unbound stories, you know, some of the things that have happened are, are so powerful. As you heard in, when, you, when you were reading, you know, there's one that I, I really enjoy is... Uh, it's in the booklet. And I do encourage, really, um, you've got this one or you've got the, uh, the brown one. They're both basically the same ones, a little newer version. Um, but they really have a, um, um, really encourage you to, it's exactly what the talks will be following. They're following that same order, basically, the outline. I'm just kind of using my own words and, and, and own things into it. Um, but it gives you different things to write in, also some great questions. I'll say, I'll be very honest, okay, whether it's this one or it's the blue one or it's the brown one, doesn't matter. Okay, either one out there. Um, I received, when this all happened to me, I probably received the majority of my healing just working through this. Going through a DVD series and every day doing the little tiny little question they have. They have a couple of scripture quotes and a little question. And I had some amazing things happen just walking through the questions in this book. Um, some amazing things happen. And so uh, I invite you to that also. I really encourage you. Uh, Father Michael talked to Father Boleslaus in Slovakia, and Father Michael had talked about how he's going around and with teams and, and, and helping people. He said, we had prepared a solid amount of teaching, but it seemed it was not the most important thing to do. From the first day, people came for the prayer, this in Poland, of intercession. After a little interview, almost 95% of them turned to the prayer for deliverance. We prayed in the two teams all day long and finished after midnight every day. People were so broken and hurt by their fathers, mothers, and families that merely to teach them how to live the Christian life wouldn't be fair to them. We were exhausted after two weeks of such ministry, but the fruits were unbelievable. People were kissing our hands and saying that they had experienced a real love for the first time. They said that this kind of deliverance seemed to them gentle and with love and acceptance. I think this is the most important ministry in most of the cases in the East, and that the model of the five keys Neil has taught us is the best that we can get. As a priest, I personally thank Neil for his humility, openness, and generosity in sharing with us what God has given to him. As Christians, Catholic Christians, we pray for deliverance daily. Our Father, what's the last words? Deliver us from evil. St. Michael the Archangel, another prayer of deliverance. The Anima Christi, another prayer of deliverance. Okay, in the Mass, we pray the Our Father. In the Rosary, we pray the Our Father. Again, deliver us from evil. And so it's part of our heritage. It's part of who we are. If you know the, the baptismal, what do we do at, at, at Easter? You know, we have the baptismal rites, and we renounce Satan. We renew our baptismal vows. So this whole idea of renouncing deliverance is really pretty part of, the, part of our faith, going all the way back to the earliest years when they would actually s- celebrate um, the, uh, the, uh, the um, take for three years of doing this before they actually proclaimed and became baptized. So we, we come then, and, and I'll just share a little story. Um, there's, there's a little handout you have. It's called Only Jesus Can. Um, I don't know if you have that with you or not. If you do, can you take it out? Um, and and uh, I'll tell you where it came from. Deliverance in the name of Jesus, only Jesus can. 
thing that happened to me is I went and saw uh, a Monsignor John S.F. who is uh, he had been a spiritual director of Mother Teresa. He's also an exorcist in the country and happened to be happened to be teaching or working over in Omaha at the Institute of Priestly Formation. I had met him one time on a retreat, um, and I just went and talked to him uh, after all this ordeal of stuff that happened to me. Um, you know, he tried to help. Uh, I tried to help, kindness, um, and recite some powerful prayers, but there were still problems. I was ignorant, well-meaning, but very, very naive. And he, he, Monsignor bluntly said that. He basically says, he told me this, and this was the point that really kind of struck. Um, it was a shocking thing for, for a priest to hear. It's like, oh, okay, this is kind of hard. Um, but um, after everybody gets their papers, I'll, I'll go on. Ah, well, I'll go on. Otherwise, I'll be here all night. So what Monsignor said bluntly to me, he told me very bluntly, looked at me and says, you can do nothing for yourself or anybody else. Only Jesus can. You can do nothing for yourself or anybody else. Only Jesus can. And those words kind of burned into me. You know, and because we, we, we like to think that we can do a lot. That we can take care of our families. We can take care of everything. Until we come into a situation where we can't do anything. And we are completely can't do anymore. You know, and that's a very humbling situation for all of our lives. And, and so this prayer came out of a meeting we had with their, our initial group, starting with Unbound. And I asked them, you know, how would you complete this prayer, these words? Only Jesus can. And I went around the table a couple times. And that's where this came from. And I think it's a very beautiful little prayer that we can pray together. Um, because um, it, it's really a sign of saying, a breaking that thing called self-reliance. We think it's, we can do it, take care of ourselves completely. And so I invite you just to pray with me, okay? And I'll say only Jesus can. I'll have you say the, the second part, okay? Ready? Only Jesus can change a heart of stone. Only Jesus can heal. Only Jesus can bring peace. Only Jesus can. 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 St. Paul tells us in Ephesians, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world, rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet in the equipment of the gospel of peace. Deliverance leads to evangelization, to encountering and sharing with us what God has done, what Jesus did in our life. You know, that's the beauty 
One time I was very early when we started this whole thing in our diocese, I was in Walmart and I had called uh, Neil Lozano and he called me back. And so I'm talking in the middle of Walmart and, and, and I asked him, he says, well, people are saying, this is, isn't this like confession? He goes, no. He says, really, this is evangelization. It's about inviting Jesus in the darkest part of your life. That's what it is. And so a very beautiful thing. Really, this is the joy of the gospel. You know, the five keys are simply the gospel applied to our life, to our own story. You know, and the principle of the five keys is just to focus on the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, the devil has many schemes and tactics. He wants to distort the truth. He wants to hide our sin from our awareness. He wants to block our ability to know our Savior. And how to focus on the truth is, is focusing on Jesus and, and what he does for us, what he wants to do for us. You know, prayer is always a target against our enemy's uh, tactics and strategies. Um, so we don't focus on the enemy, on devil. We don't focus on confrontation. We focus on freedom. We focus on Christ and what he wants to do in our life, that he's the one we focus on. Freedom is found in knowing Jesus. Jesus then said to those Jews who believed in him, if you remain in my word, you'll be truly disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We discover the truth of who we are. We discover the truth of who God is, mercy and love of who we are, wounded. We discover the truth, love of God through Christ and freedom. Deliverance involves doing our part. Okay, we have to do our part. You know, God wants us to decide for it. For it. Do we want to be free? First thing is to decide. We want to be free. We need his grace, and we must surrender to him. You know, he's the one who leads us. And so just in a sense, um, you know, as, as, as Matt said, you know, prayer is not, is not prayed with, okay? Um, it's it's a, kind of a misnomer in a certain sense. Because really, as Catholics, kind of have a fear of praying over somebody. Somebody's going to put their hands on or something, do something weird or something. That's not what happens, okay? This is one of the most beautiful experiences of just being loved, you know, of being listened to. Really, that's, they, should, they should call on being prayed with, being listened to. Because that's really what it is. They will, they will, the person will, they will accompany you. Um, and you are in charge. They will simply help you along the way of the five keys, saying, is it okay? Would you like to? You know, so I encourage you to sign up if you haven't, um, because the, it's a very beautiful and simple way that God wants to meet you. And being prayed with is, like I said, it's just somebody going to help us see our life. They're going to listen with us and kind of listen with the, with the ears of the tent of the five keys to kind of help us see in our life where those are applied. And they just help us say, would you like to forgive this person? Would you think you would like to not renounce this? And they're just going to help us. And so it's not like somebody pushing you. It's not like somebody's going to control you. It's just somebody is going to invite you to, to reveal what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, why you've come, and what God wants to meet you at. And they help you just say, I'm, I don't want that anymore. I want to move away from that. And just to help you do that. And so it's a very beautiful and, and simple um, experience of God's love. And so I close with this little piece. You know, we may say ourselves, Lord, I want to be free. I give you my whole life. I surrender it all to you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I don't want to hold on to my small bondages or my big ones. I want to give them to you, Jesus. Help me, Lord, help me. Let my heart be pleasing to you. Amen.